hungry. hungry. Run, run the track. Darling, there's only one God. The Dirty Bag Podcast is your virtual check-in spot to celebrate the highs, unpack the lows, and sort through the in-betweens of life. It's a place to laugh, cry, self-correct, and cut up. I'm your host, Cookie, and I'm in these grown folk trenches right along with you. Welcome to the Dirty Bag Podcast. I'm your host, Cookie. I got my podcast cousin back with me today. We back. (laughs) If you tuned in to season one, and y'all know that one of my favorite episodes was The Spirit Is Not Your Little Friend. I referenced it so much. It was some gems being dropped. It was all types of good stuff. But the one that kept their foot on our neck was key. But a whole lot didn't happen since then. So I'm just going to allow you to reintroduce yourself. Yo, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is O. (laughs) What up, everyone? Uh, Greetings and salutations. Uh, It's been a minute since I've been, been on a podcast. Uh, I want to shout out, I am going to shout out AJ at Introverse Podcast. Guys, please make sure you go check that podcast out. Uh, but, you know, this is me. I'm back. Yes. Your hair done grew? You, you see it? You see it. You got inches. I got inches. I got inches now. I got inches. You can't talk to me any kind of way. I got air fryers and inches. What's <laughs> not had i'm probably the only person in the world that ain't got an air fryer you know it's an experience you know i had to break down and 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 get one and you know it's been a worthy investment so (laughs) i stay out the kitchen and with somebody's delivery especially now i'm in texas now yeah or or you be out eating because every time i check your instagram page you out hey you with it Listen, I'm in Dallas. Nobody told me it could be like this. I was just moving to Dallas when I recorded yeah. with y'all. I hadn't even yeah. situated yet. I was I was still like warming up. But right, now right. That I'm here. You can't have every food, every deep fried, every double stuffed in the land and not partake. But that's how I gained all the damn weight too. So now I'm like I, I'm in this little like tug of war with you know snatch versus y'all got me fucked up. I'm juicy and y'all gonna love it regardless. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Now, see, that's why I can't. I, that's why I can't fuck with Texas. No disrespect to to Texas people. You know, we ain't gonna talk about y'all politics. That's something completely different. But oh, they trifling as fuck, man. But the just in general, I can't fool with Texas. I mess around, be that be three hundred fifty pounds. No, you will. And apparently, it's a joke. Like people be saying, "Don't you move to Texas and blow it?" Like you just can't help it. You find out real quick why everybody is built the way they built down here. Like it ain't even like you look at folks and be like, "What you had done to your body?" No, they had happy hour done to their body with these doggone deviled eggs and these shrimps yeah, and yeah. these stuffed wings. And it's just so much here. So I'm just, I'm trying to balance it out. But you know what? Be on Groupon heavy. All of these smart lipo sculpting treatments and all that shit. Ah, so, all right. So what, you, what I hear you saying is you scrolling, thinking about it like, mm, this might be it, babe. We talked about it. I was talking to somebody about like how I don't mind all the weight gain. It's just the midsection. You know, that's always, yeah. that's always yeah. the Achilles heel. I kid you not. 
checked my Gmail and it was a Groupon special for sculpting lipo light, non-invasive. And I guess because people get it done so many places here it was for cheap. So it's like a $1,500 treatment, but it was a Groupon special for like 150 for like six treatments. Okay. It's so like 150 total? Yes. I, I may be a little skeptical about that because that's an extreme discount, if you will. Because they out in the sticks and they trying to make sure somebody, look, when it's, when you got a lot of competition and you kind of out in the outskirts, you got to make yourself, you know, but I just, so I called ahead of time. I was like, hey, I'm on Groupon. Right. And this is what it says. And they were like, yeah, if you just book it, you know, first, even the girl was like, well, hold on, huh? I mean, if you book it through us, we're going to honor the price, but like, bring that, that in. Ain't like, it. That, that ain't this. I'm like, y'all forgot about your own discount. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna tell you what Groupon sent me. So now they honored it. I think I'm getting my fourth treatment tomorrow. But the key is okay. the key is you gotta piss it out. So mm -hmm. you can't just like lay on this bed and they, you know, basically melt in the fat cells. You actually gotta do your part. I'm okay. not particularly doing my part though. Okay. And what and what I'm is peeing, your part? but it's like yeah. Hennessy. Like I'm pissing out more like Hennessy mm. than okay. water. So okay. I'm back on Groupon seeing if I can find me a second round. <laughs> for 150. Let me find me. Let me find me a second round for 150. Let me get the second round of 150 so I can be yeah. outside. And I even said, I'm like, what are you doing? You said you weren't going to even be outside this summer because I was outside last summer. Yeah. You're going to be outside this summer. Am I going to be outside this summer? You got them right. Wait, I can sit <laughs> on this podcast, right? Well, you got the wrong with me outside this summer. You know what we do. I'm on the street. This is what I said. So this is what I said for the podcast family. Because, you know, back in, in September, I had gender affirming surgery. So I had top surgery. Cut my breast off. Now I'm out here. So what I said was, is that this summer, I'm chest out, fro out. That's, <laughs> that's all I'm doing this summer. I am for the girls this summer. <laughs> Curls for the girls. Wait, so what was that like for you going through that, though? Freeing. If I had to explain it in one word, it was uh, the surgery itself was not um, it wasn't a painful surgery. Um, it, you know, of course, you have to allow your your body time to heal because for, you know, a couple months, your motions are restricted. What you can lift is restricted. What you can do is restricted. Okay. Uh, but like that was probably the most freeing experience Um that you know that I think I could have had and so it was it's been it's been a good journey so far now after the fact like you know you have to become reacclimated to your body again like if you will right. and so there is like a I went through like a depression slash grieving process uh after the fact in reference to like my body having the physical changes of it so mental health wise like I had to you know dissect that uh, but oh. other than that, like it, it was a smooth little, smooth little ride. And like, what was the reaction to it? Like, as far as like with your family and your village and stuff like that. Well, I, they know they ain't really had no choice. You need to get what? with it to get going. And that's yeah. how I'm also like when I when I came out at the time, identified as a lesbian woman, uh, masculine of center. Um, shit, I was eleven. So the me being within the queer community was something that you know they were used to and so um the it wasn't the gender affirming surgery part that got them. it was the change in my name and my pronouns uh, that was like i don't really understand 
what's happening here? What does they, them, what does that actually mean? And, right. um, and having to explain, um, cause me being non-binary means that I am fluid in, in pretty much in my gender, which means that, uh, my, my expression is not masculine or feminine. It just is what it is for whatever day I decide to, to be. So one day I might be polo dying this day. You might see me tomorrow. I got on heels, dress, nail paint, et cetera. Like, don't question me about how I choose to express my gender, you know? Right. And so that was like the biggest hurdle because since I've been always, you know, more so masculine performing, if you will, and um, like masculine clothes, et cetera. So when my family first started seeing me transition into, you know, more so feminine performing and wearing women's clothes, doing things like that. Then the questions came up about my sexuality and they didn't understand that gender performance and expression is different than sexuality. You know, so identity, expression and sexuality, those are not synonymous terms. And so having them making sure that they understood that has been the hardest part. I got a lot of inappropriate questions about, well, how far did you go with your surgery? And I'm like, I don't ask you about your private parts. I don't ask you if you have, you know, a penis or a vagina. Don't be like, don't, you don't ask me that. It's none of your business. And then um, answering questions about, well, if I, if I am feminine performing for the moment, does that mean that I'm like, that I like men and what is, you know, so all of those questions um, and the ignorance that I had to go through uh, behind that. But, you know, outside of that, like the actual surgery itself, like everybody was like, all right. You know, um, I had a little girlfriend at the time. Um, <laughs> not a little <laughs> But you know, you ain't shit. You look girlfriend now. I had a little girlfriend at the time. You ain't even and, got a uh, name. You know, so her and I, her and I, and I ain't gonna give it that because you know, hey, leave people, hey, people gonna be who they gonna be. But the girlfriend that I had at the time, uh, we broke up a little bit before the surgery. But her and I would have conversations, and she was like, you know, Key, I don't know if I'm still gonna like be attracted to you like after you go through this surgery because you know I had a little feminine body, and women would just—that's something that they really enjoy. And I'm just like, I get it, but huh? pretty curvy yeah yeah so you know and I was comfortable in that I just wanted to be outside with no shirt on I don't ask for much that's all I want (laughs) so um but not so we would have we would have conversations about that in terms of um she didn't know if she was still gonna be attracted to me whatever the case may be um so that was you know so that was a bit uh challenging her and I broke up before the surgery had sex afterwards but you know that's neither here nor there uh-uh, no, it, it's here and in the there and now. So how you oh, basically, you, that sounds like some fuck shit. Like, you know what? I don't think this going to work, but you know what? Let me, let me, can I just come through? Can I just It wasn't a matter time? of. That's what it sounds like. And, and that's, that's what, okay, in theory, that's what it sounds like without the backstory. She wasn't like, nah, this ain't going to work. She was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel kind of, kind of deal. And then we had broke up about something completely unrelated. And then okay. we still doubled back after the fact so same old fuck shit you know you know fuck shit is not gender specific (laughs) listen i gotta get the people what they want so (laughs) (laughs) wait and you out you in cali right yeah 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 so what's the vibe like out there with that i I just i don't know much about like with cat because you know i was living in colorado for a minute Cause I was uh, an attorney out there in Colorado and it's, that's why I came to San Francisco. Right. Cause I wasn't expecting Colorado to be worse than the South. I was not expecting that. 
uh, being it's the Midwest. So, um, but I didn't have yeah. that same experience when I lived in Phoenix, though. So I'm like, you no, know, people you say know. Phoenix is pretty cool, but when you get Colorado yeah. too close to Kansas, yeah, like, it was. I was like, y'all got to uh, be kidding me. So like, it was yeah. when I ended up. So I ended up coming here to the Bay because I wanted to be somewhere that um, that had a very big queer culture, right? And where you know I can be who I'm going to be without judgment. And that was very important for me from where to where to where I moved. And this place, by far, hands down is is more than i could have expected um in terms of um the queer the queer community here um i don't like the price because it's mad expensive here yeah um, so everybody from cali be moving to dallas yeah it's it's mad expensive that's in texas i can't that's where I, I, I get it. You you couldn't. I just I didn't think I'm I'm not like conservative enough for Texas. So yeah, it's um yeah, but the Bay Area is lit. It is so lit. Um, you know, but it it's it's different in the respect that um yeah, people just handle themselves and just govern themselves um a little bit differently here. Uh, so they you govern know, themselves I'm, accordingly. Yeah, they and do and do. So uh, it can be different when we're talking about black queer people and white yeah. people. So I know there's always that. Yeah, both awesome. communities. In both communities. It's like in the white queer community and the black queer community. I I have nothing but positive things to say in reference to both communities. And what I appreciate about the black queer community here in the South, coming up, you know, in the queer community. It's not enough to just be queer and you can be able to express yourself. But inside of the queer community, there are so many boxes and expectations about who you can date, what you can do, what you can't do, what is accepted. There's so many like restrictions in just being queer in the South. That does not exist here at all. Um, and so that that's what I, you can be whoever you're going to be, date whoever you're going to date, present and ho however you want to present. And it's going to be mad love all the way around. So I love that for yeah. you. Yeah, it's, it's mad. It's mad love here. So when you move to where like you, you feel like you at home and you, that's just, that's really what we all want. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as we move, we want to, we want to feel like we're within community and you know, the black community is rough on anybody that doesn't fit into whatever societal norms that we don't even really live by. We just be on some bullshit yeah. with how people live their lives. Yeah. And I'm going to, so I'm going to shift that real quick. Cause it's going to all tie in. Mm -hmm. Us not minding our business in our community with how people live their lives and what they do what they choose to share with you and what you're not entitled to throw at them or how you think it's okay to come at them because of their life choices. So this has been a wild week, right? Yeah, right, it's, right. It's been a crazy week. Now last week, last episode, well, episode before last, I did have a comedian on Mo Hill. Okay. We were kind of discussing that, like knowing how to approach people or when you're making comedy. Mm -hmm. or in the, you know, in the comedic lens, like what boundaries to push and not push. Okay. And one of the things okay. I really wished I'd had to delved into a little bit more is like, you know, the black community as it pertains to our interpersonal, you know, relationships and our love lives and how, what we right. do. Right. And we saw that somebody got the shit slapped out of them <laughs> for coming for somebody's wife. And did. And did. But, but we didn't go to the backstory. And I, what I thought was interesting, and I really want to get your take on this, was mm -hmm. how people kept using how they operate within their marriage mm -hmm. 
as a reason for it being okay for folks to, you know, consistently disrespect Jada. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like coming at them any kind of way, making them the punchline for everything and not understanding why he finally popped because people talk about marriage and, you know, polygamy and open marriages and this and everything being inappropriate. So it feels like when you live a certain life mm-hmm. or you operate a certain way within your relationships, in our community, we think it's grounds for disrespect because it ain't normal for us. Right, right. What you so, what, what's kind of your take on that? I mean, here's the thing. It don't matter what they got going on in their marriage, right? Because the only two people that understand the inner workings of that marriage, no matter how much they put into the public eye, the only two people that have to have a conversation and be comfortable about what's going on in that marriage are Will and Jada. And it stops there. That is not an excuse or reason for disrespect, like at all. And so I, you know, I didn't watch the Oscars, but you know, <laughs> Twitter, Twitter and, and, and IG be giving it to us. So, you know, I right. saw, Right, I saw everything I needed to say, everything I needed to see. And you got to think about it. Like, look at what's been happening in the media with Will and Jada. Like, people been coming for his wife's head. Like, for the last, what, three, four years, they've been coming for her her line. Coming for her head, coming from his head, calling him weak, calling, comparing him to pop, like doing like all of these things. And even though, you know, there is, he can, you know, he's in, the, the argument is that, okay, he's an adult, got to be able to manage his emotions, whatever. Okay, fuck all that. Right. It's only so many times that you're going to disrespect my wife. Because I'm going to tell you something. I was married before. I used to go to war with my ex-wife's family about her. And if somebody were to disrespect her today, we still going to war. And we don't even talk no more. Like, you, you just the level of disrespect. Like, okay, it's jokes, it's comedy. You know the business that you in, et cetera. And even that is not an excuse to me. Like, you, you like don't... You can have comedy without disrespecting somebody. And it's not like she hasn't been vocal about her struggles with hair loss and this, that, and the third. You know, it would have been one thing had she would have been sitting there laughing and, you know what I'm saying, would have been cool with it. But she was visibly like, I am uncomfortable by this situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a spouse, to know that your wife or your spouse is uncomfortable with something and you let that shit slide, you have now set the tone for how everybody else is able to interact with your spouse. Right. Like, so I feel like, you know, you, we can go back and forth, whether it was right or wrong for violence for him to handle it in the manner in which he did. The fact is that he handled it and he did it the best way that he knew how in that yeah. moment. Doesn't yeah. matter if we agree with the actions or not. He was defending right. his wife. And you know what I noticed about that? A lot of folks came out the wool where all of a sudden everybody's about like, we can't be violent. I'm like, when we talk about domestic violence, that being like one of the top killers of black women, y'all are silent. And y'all say those statistics, those statistics are white statistics. Mm -hmm. And if they can't be true, our folks got to choose better. So y'all pick and choose when y'all want to call out quote unquote violence. That was a bitch slap. That was, that was light work. He hit him open handed, just. You know what I'm saying? Like it, no, like it's it, we, and unfortunately, we do live in a society where, you know, um, and especially in the black community, too. I've noticed that we pick and choose when we're going to intervene and when we're going to have an opinion uh, about right. things. It's not like um, it'd be one thing if you're like violence is wrong, 
and every act of violence from that point, because violence has many forms. But if you if your stance is violence is wrong, every act of violence needs to be wrong, no matter circumstance. If that yeah. is your premise. But right. what happens in our culture is, you know, we we just you know similar to you know Christianity. I don't want to rock too many boats, but oh, <laughs> what, well, we, what we do, what we do is we pick and choose what we're what we choose. You know what we're gonna live by. If 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 you. You know, so and I mean, that can be taken back to even before this time. Just think about our culture as a general. We always picking and choosing, you know, what we choose to abide by, when stuff is right, when stuff is wrong. You know, and I think it goes a little bit further than saying it's all about a moral code. It ain't it ain't about that because it's too much wavering that happens. If you're going to stand on something, stand on something and be about it. Right. And I think that's the thing with y'all. If it's somebody that you feel is not deserving of protection, mm-hmm. according to your standards, right? So how again? So it goes back to how people operate in their relationships that are not conventional to you. Because we know that mm-hmm. Jada and Will were put on this pedestal of black yeah. love and black mm-hmm. excellence for years. Mm-hmm. We we built them up to be that way. They never yeah. said they were perfect. But when they came out as not conventional and doing things their own way, then, you know, as with anybody else in the black community, suddenly it's, oh, well, hold up. And who immediately got blamed? She did. Mm-hmm. But hold on. But here's the that. thing, though. Here's the thing. They can still be an example of black love because black love does not mean monogamy. And that's what we do. We seem to think as, as popular culture that successful black love is automatic monogamy. I do not I do not agree with this concept that we have in society where we are monogamous by default. And what I mean by that is when we enter into spaces, we enter into it with the expectation that monogamy is the only form of relationships. I live my life. I don't care about being monogamous or being open. I've been happy in both spaces. I've been happy monogamous. I've been happy when I'm open. However, the relationship structure that we have is going to be a conversation that happens between us as we are entering into the relationship with the understanding that who I am today is not who I am going to be three months from now. We may have to come back to this conversation about how we gonna govern this relationship. You know what I'm saying? Does that mean that this person is any more or less important to me? No, that, that that's not what that means. Well, I would make pause. I would argue that it means that this person is even more important to me because I'm willing to sit down and have an honest conversation with you about my needs. In the fact that I still want to include you in my future. I'm making a choice to include you in what it is that I need, opposed to just walking away from the relationship, cheating, lying, not being happy, not getting my needs met, expecting you to do something that you are physically unable or mentally unable to provide. It's a lot of things that go into that. So we think that to be an example of Black love means that you have to be monogamous. Like, why we have that, where we got there, I don't know. Because think about this. In the Black Southern household back in the day, grandma and granddaddy had boyfriends, girlfriends. The granddaddy had kids in the neighborhood that looked like him. You hear me? So had y'all had the language to describe and had we been willing to dissect the fact that open relationships, poly relationships was actually a thing back then and an acceptable thing, if you will, where would we be? But that you know what's so funny about that? A lot of dudes, when we when they when they want to cheat, will say stuff like, 
you know, monogamy ain't, that ain't natural. This I'm poly. They say that mm-hmm. until they see an example of a relationship mm-hmm. where a woman like Jada exists. Then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, she and bear. I'm like, ain't y'all the same ones that said, I'm confused now because that goes back to the pick. And you know what's funny about you saying that you might have to come back to the, the conversation three months down the road. Mm-hmm. They burned her at the stake again when she did an episode of the Red Table Talk where all she didn't say that he doesn't please her sexually. Mm-hmm. She simply was saying that I have to communicate with him because I can't expect him to read my mind. People that took part. what she said and they flipped it and said she embarrassed mm-hmm. Will. She mm-hmm. out here said, you know, and I'm like, y'all don't. Comprehension got y'all in a chokehold. Like, mm-hmm. Taking somebody's words for what they said got y'all in a headlock. Because where did you get from this woman saying it's important to communicate with your yeah. partner? Yeah, that her man ain't. Pee. Everybody don't knock it out the park every time. You actually do right. have to tell people what you like. So what you what need. So, but you and then that goes back to but we are conditioned in black culture to not talk about our sexual needs. We are conditioned to just accept whatever comes for the sake of acceptance. No, you you ain't finna be engaged in an activity with me and not know exactly what it is I want. I'm asking questions. I'm giving directions. You hear me? Like, we not finna do that. You unhappy. People walking around talking about they ain't never had an orgasm. Why? 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 I don't understand that. Why? You know, but, but we have people who, you know, are, are, are uncomfortable with having conversations about their sexuality or their sexual needs. And I don't, I, I do not, I don't understand that mantra. I've been there before. Yes, rightfully so, but that's not who I am anymore. So that I don't, I feel like in today's day and age, there's too much information out there that's easily accessible for people to still be wanting to stay within the bounds of confinement. And I'm not saying it's not okay. Like if that's your thing, that's your thing. If you've done the self-work and you really know and understand that that's just who you are in the box that you want to live in, that's fine. But don't be out here just in this box and you don't even know why you're in it. <laughs> you don't even know why you're in the box just stuck. You, you, you're just in it because people told you you had to be in it. You're like, oh, people told me that this, this is what I had to do. And that's why you in this box. Like if that's your reasoning, it's too much information to be out here and be ignorant about self. Right. And so you I get don't... mad when you see somebody doing the opposite because, like, oh, right. wait a minute. I think that a lot of times with people, even like yourself and with like Jada, when they see you living your life and living your truth, it's like, what does that mean for them? Yeah. They've settled on this and they're not happy with it. Yeah. So that's the important. So, like, I remember, I remember, for example, a conversation that I was having uh, with my father. And, uh, and it was my father and my sister, and I was explaining to them, because at the time I was in a poly relationship, and I was explaining to them what open relating and the poly relationship and what it meant. To them, they were like, oh, well, if you want to be for the streets, just say that. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying, because poly relationships is about all about commitment. Commitment is still important to me. Every relationship. Understand that part. So break that down with people that really don't understand polys. I met a dude back in the summer. I talked about him last season who claimed he was poly and it was a, it was a poly. It was probably a lie. It was a hot mess. Right. So I'm going to say this from my perspective and understand and, to, uh, and say this, that there are many people that are practicing poly lifestyles and manners that work for them. So what I'm saying is from my perspective on how I operate when I find myself in relationship spaces to where we have agreed that open and poly structure is going to work for us, right? So for me, my values are very much so, if you will, um, more so traditional in the sense that commitment is important to me. 
If I am in a relationship with you of any kind, commitment is important to me. So what that means for me is, is that I believe that love is not quantitative. Love is qualitative, meaning that I can love multiple people at one time and it has no bearing on how I choose to conduct myself in my relationships. The center of all of my relationships is love and freedom and nothing else. So therefore, there's not a lot of, of, of things that happen that, that are, are adverse to that. So if the center of it is not love and freedom, I don't engage in it. And so that's what happens to work for me. And so with commitments, me, you do have people that are out here using the poly label because they want to be out here and, 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 and just, you know, have sex and do whatever it is they're going to do. That's right. not, that's not me. Um, I'm very mindful of my sexual energy, very mindful of, of, of my mental and spiritual energy, because I also practice Tantra. Um, so sexual exchanges is not just about a, a sexual exchange or a means to an end, if you will. So everything to me is about commitment and intention. And so every relationship that I enter into, I would argue that I have a higher level of, of commitment, if you will, because I'm committing to more than one person. So what does that do? Right. That requires me. And people are like, oh, I'm too jealous for this. I couldn't do this. I couldn't do that. Jealousy happens. That is a natural reaction to things. But what it does natural is... Natural reactions to things. Huh? <laughs> Can we talk about natural reactions to things? People act like you can't be a human. Like, that's so yeah, weird to me. That's a, yeah, that's a natural reaction. Being jealous and having all these feelings is a natural reaction to things, or a natural emotion, I guess you should say. But what happens is it requires me to have to be very transparent about what it is I need. So I can't, if I'm in a space with someone and, and they happen to, to, to have this new relationship energy where they're developing a new relationship and this, me and her are not spending as much time together. I can't go to her and be like, oh, I'm jealous because you spending so much time with this other person and not me. I don't do that. I got to check in with myself. Why am I jealous? So when I go to her, I'm like, you know what? I need more time. It ain't got nothing to do with it ain't got nothing to do with who you with. It ain't got nothing to do that you have new relationship energy. The core of it is that I feel neglected. It's that I have a need that is not being met. Then I go to her and I talk to her about whether or not she can meet it is her decision. And then we go from there. Like just because I express my needs doesn't mean that it's automatically going to be met. And I'm okay with right. that. You know, so, but it's just people be out here just thinking that, that being that open relating is just stick and move. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they think I would think it's difficult because I because so in your marriage, what was that open or was that nah? So in my marriage, my marriage was monogamous by default. Okay. One of the reasons why my marriage ended was because towards the end of our marriage, and at this time I hadn't done the self-work. Okay. All I knew was that I was a serial cheater. That's all I knew. I didn't cheat in my marriage, but before <laughs> that, all I knew is that I was just a serial cheater. I didn't have the language or the knowledge of self to really understand what it was that I really needed. Cause I got married. I got married like 23, 24, you know what I'm saying? And I got married before I did my self work. And so, but I started doing this work and having these reflections while we were married. And when I went to her the day when she asked the divorce, I'm like, Hey, let's sit down and have a conversation. <laughs> I know, or I know that there's something else that you got going on in the pocket here. We ain't got to talk about it. I'm also starting to notice other women. Let's go ahead and talk about what we want to do here. 
do we want to open up? I think we should open up this marriage so that way we can both get what it is that we need. I don't want to end it, but we can both get what it is that we need. Now, at the time, I didn't have the language to adequately have this conversation with my ex-wife. I didn't. I didn't. So what she heard was, I'm going to be at the house making sure our household is running good. You're going to be out working because at this time I was in law school teaching all day. I was gone all the time. So she's like, you're going to be doing all this other stuff and you still going to be out in the streets. That's what she heard. Mm. And so she was like, nah, I want a divorce. That was the first and only argument that me and my ex-wife ever had. The day that I've introduced this conversation without the proper tools is the day she asked for a divorce. You also so, said without the proper tools. Without the proper tools. So I didn't, I didn't, ha- I didn't have it. I didn't have the proper tools at the time to, to verbalize what it was that I actually needed, you know? Um, and and so wild. that, that yeah. That's you how was like, that, oh, I was trying to do is expand the options. <laughs> that's it. That's all I was trying to do was expand the options because I already knew, like, she was, you know, either she was at that threshold to where she was about to start because her and this chick was getting a little bit too, and I don't care about that. Like my thing is a work wife. No, uh, uh, no, not a work wife. It was a woman because we had locks at the time. A woman that was doing our hair had introduced them. Um, And so she did all three of our hair. She did my hair, my ex-wife's hair, and then the girl's hair. She introduced my ex-wife and the girl or the woman. And then they started, you know, getting a little bit too, too friendly. Like we would go places and all my friends would be like, bro, we on a double date or what? You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm so secure within myself that if I'm with somebody and you tell me that you have a sexual need or an emotional desire outside of me, just talk to me. Just just let me know. Don't have me out here looking crazy where I don't know what's going on. Just let me know and I'm cool. Just let me know. I think that's the biggest thing where everybody is like, people get mad that other situations or whatever marriages, people are letting each other know, but it just don't make sense to you. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I genuinely do not care. That stuff does not bother me. I, I'm a whole vibe. And I know that. <laughs> you like, look, if you want to leave. This is what I'm saying. Like, but if you don't want me, then don't. <laughs> I'm fantastic. If I can sing, I hit, I hit you with the ones and twos. You hear me? Fantastic. <laughs> so, but no, seriously, though, like that stuff, it, it don't, it has no bearing on me because I'm going to be who I'm going to be regardless of who you doing and what, you, and who you doing and what y'all doing. Like, I'm going to be who I'm going to be. And, you, you seem know, like you ain't bothered though. Like you seem dangerously unbothered at the idea that you would deal with somebody and they decided to just do them this shit. Like it just roll off. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not bothered. I'm not how bothered. You get, look, you got to go ahead and get the people tips to how to get there. Because yeah. folks still get mad off. You know, man. Be, you know, healing is the word for 2021. That spilled over into 2022. Everybody's yeah. getting healed. And here's the thing that you know, it got to a point to where that healing word. I'm like, how much healing does a motherfucker have to do before they're <laughs> able to start enjoying life? You hear me? Because the, the, the everybody's so hyper-focused on, oh, you need to heal before. How much healing does one do? And people don't understand life is not linear. You're always going to be healing from something because you don't know how your relationships and interactions are going to trigger you. You know right. what I'm saying? So like, yo, why? Like, at some point, you just gotta, you just gotta go be great. At some point, uh, some point I, I see a lot of that. We just gonna talk about healing, y'all. I hop on this uh, Zoom call. We talking about healing. At this point, I'm like, y'all know what? First of all, some of y'all don't even understand what that means. Listen, so like for me, for example, to go back into that, like how I ended up getting to this point to your original question, um, 
Shit, I got my ass in therapy. That's exactly what I did. I got my ass in therapy and I got in therapy to understand myself and to understand who I am, what it is that I want. And I only understand who I am and what it is that I want, but to learn how to love myself and understand my worth and add tax. And once I did that, and once I was able to do that, what I found was the expectations that I had placed upon people was a reflection of the things within myself that I had not healed. And the things in myself, not even heal the things within myself that I was unwilling to acknowledge. So my relationships and my interactions was coming from a place of, of, of void feeling, if you will. I need you to be this so I don't feel like this. So I don't feel I need you to be this. So I don't because it's my problem, not your problem. Right. I need, and so I was imputing my own shit onto other people saying, I need you to be this. So I do not feel that or do not feel this instead of understanding that the freedom of allowing a person to show up and be exactly who they are and knowing that they are actively choosing you instead of reacting to you is one of the most freeing experiences that can ever happen, in my opinion. So once I started going through that work and then I was like, okay, these are the voids in which I have that I need to learn how to feel for myself. And this was a long process. This is a three, four year process. Some bumps along the way, might I add. That's, understand. That's years. It ain't about yeah. to be no, no. Be good about it. That's not even it, how this shit works. No, no, it wasn't no we in the fall. We finna have a hot girl summer. That ain't, that ain't how it works. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a good three, four year process. And still some of it is a work in progress when I meet people that do trigger my childhood wounds. I still got to go back and right. dip some tools into the bag a little bit but the ownership me taking ownership of being able to fill my own voids is what released the expectation that I had on other people to fill them and once I did that I didn't care how people decided to go out in the world and govern them because instead of me wanting someone to choose me I realized that I was the chooser I get to choose who I want to engage and the power that came with that is I can observe you can be exactly who you're going to be right now. I get to make the decision about whether or not that's something I want to deal with and not the other way around. And so those things and, of course, coupled with some interactions that I've had that, you know, made me go a little bit inward and a little bit deeper. But that's how I got there. That, I think that's a big, that's a huge thing, though. I'm still a work in progress. At this point, I yeah. just shut it down. I'm like, you know what? I can't deal with you niggas right now. Yeah. I yeah. just really, I ain't even saying I'm working on me right now. I just can't. Do, I just don't have the, mm -hmm. the man. You don't have the capacity. Mm -hmm. I learned that that can be a thing, too. Like, it ain't even like you're trying to work on yourself for when you meet the right person. I just ain't got it for y'all. Mm -hmm. I just want to look at what it is I want to accomplish. Let me put my energy into that. Because y'all tend to be distractions for me. Yeah. So... Now that I know that, let me make sure I'm complete or at least somewhat getting there with the things that I want to accomplish, the legacy I want to leave, the things that fill me before yeah. I bring yeah. you in here because y'all are a lot. Mm -hmm. But what you just said about seeing how somebody is and making the choice mm -hmm. as to whether or not that's something you want to entertain, because we do, we see stuff and then we just like, you just kind of like sit there waiting for them to be done with the stuff mm -hmm. to change. Because, stuff. And you know what it is? And it's because you know we see the potential and yeah. ignore who yeah. they are in the present the potential doesn't matter because potential is just that it's a possibility that they may or may not get there 
It's not based in reality. So we'll look at, oh, they got a lot of good qualities and I see that they can change and I see that they can be this and I see that they can be that. But who are they to you right now? And so what we do with that word potential is dangerous because it requires us to overlook a lot of things that we wouldn't necessarily overlook and go along with a lot of things that we genuinely are not comfortable with for the sake of this person has potential or nobody's perfect or, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's perfect, but there are people that are perfect for you. I was supposed and to say so, perfect for you though. So you yeah, right. I, wish I did it. I, I I tell people, I say all the time, y'all, I'm not really an advice giver. I got some cautionary tales. I didn't fucked up a lot. I didn't fumble yeah. my heart a few times. I right. had moments in the space that I knew damn well had had no business coming out the locker room, even being allowed on the bench to get in the game. That was my bad. Right. I can look back and be like, how the hell did you even get a nigga a shot? Like that wasn't even your thing. Like that wasn't even yeah. somebody that you actually wanted. You just, you let somebody pursue you enough. And then you said, all right, let's just go ahead and try. You must really want a bitch. All yeah. right, let me go. Yeah. And then it was just like, you ever get, I say nothing worse than like getting embarrassed by somebody that was never your pick to begin with. <laughs> that, that's the word. That's right. How I get played by a motherfucker that I ain't even want in the first place, bro. I like, don't even want you, bro. You, we'd have been better off just being besties. Like you didn't fumble a whole bunch of shit here. That's it. So how did you just let that happen? That's it. And, and because, because, you know, oftentimes, so I have no desire to be chased. No desire whatsoever. If a one, I don't, I don't want to be chased, and I do not want to chase. It's what either going to be, doing it? it's going to be a reciprocal exchange of energy. The minute I feel like I got to chase a woman for time and attention is the minute that I disengage. The minute that I feel like a woman is chasing me instead of pursuing, because there is a difference. The minute I feel okay, like a woman, so like, I can't. Mm -mm. So if you, if you are, if you're pursuing someone, that means that. You are moving with intention, right? Your okay. intent, you're moving with attention in the fact that your intentions are clear. Um, your actions and your words match and reflect exactly what it is you want with said person. If you are pursuing, the pursuit has to be mutual for me to even entertain is what I'm saying. So it ain't no, I'm really into you. I don't really know, or, you know, I'm really into you. I don't really know if you went to me that, that I don't know. That's a no. That's a no. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's a no. Yeah. I've been pursued, chased by dudes that knew that I wasn't really the one, but it was a challenge for them. That's what exactly. Like so I was a challenge. I was something to conquer. It, right. If you're chasing after me, that means, or I'm chasing after you, that means that I am trying to convince you that I am worth you choosing. And I'm not convincing you that I'm the shit. I'm not, because I already know that. If you don't see it, that ain't got nothing to do with me. And vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So when the, the chase aspect, I don't do it. I'm not doing it. I don't want a woman to feel like she has to convince me that she's worthy. And I don't want to have to convince anyone that I'm worthy. So I'm not chasing you. I will pursue you, but I will never chase you. Yeah. It's the breakdown. Now you're gonna have everybody going back to the drawing board, like, well, oh shit, wait a minute. Let me, let me, you know. I guess I like the chase because motherfuckers don't really be, bugs don't be pursuing. I'm gonna tell you something about Texas. They wanna be treated like gentle ladies down here. <laughs> These dudes, this is a different breed. It's about somebody off today. How far south we talking? Like, they really want, these men down here want to be pursued like a gentle lady. Mm. 
it's just very interesting. So I, so I guess I got to go back to looking at like who was actually pursuing versus who was chasing. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's gonna open up a whole different conversation. I just know I left some bugs in that had no business coming in. Had no business. Like, ain't nothing worse than trying to heal from some shit that shouldn't have even gotten the door. That you shouldn't even that shouldn't even got in the motherfucking door. Like we've all been there. We <laughs> we all L. you take you take the L. So what is so dating in dating out there in Cali? Mm-hmm. What about with it? all the changes that you made? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. been the dopest thing for you, and what's been like the shittiest experience you had where you've been like, you know what, I ain't fucking with y'all today. <laughs> Have you had a I'm done with this shit moment? Yeah, Did somebody yeah. trying to take you yeah. off the game. Yeah, well, mm, mm, mm. now you asked me a loaded question. Now you asking me, you, whoo, you asking Call me. Call it baked potato. Call let's, it baked potato. Let's, let's go. Me. Let's go and get into this thing. You, you know, one thing he gonna do is date. <laughs> one thing I'm, I'm gonna do is Right. I'm gonna, you know, no, no, no. I just haven't had somebody said I'm a date. So those are two different concepts. So like. Look, we <laughs> must everything these days. We don't know what the fuck we doing. That's the that's the. Like, I I date, but I don't have the need to be attached to someone like that. So there, there's a, there's a difference between that. Yeah, you of know? course. Um, so you know, I went on. I went through my little spell once I got here, where I was celibate for a few months because I really wanted to like really focus on my relationships with intimacy and how I'm interacting with people and energy and stuff like that. Uh, right. But dating for me, I went on a lot of dates here. I went on a lot of dates here. Um, some good, some not so good. Had the worst date of my life here. Had the best date of my life here. Um, so no balance. Yeah, right. Come on, balance has been. It's it's been. It's definitely been some balance. Uh, but I I am actively, um, actively dating. Um, again, and so it's you, there, there's no shortage. There there is there is no shortage of of, of women. Um, I'll say that. Abundance. I, I, I am operating in within <laughs> the energy of abundance. <laughs> so. That's why you ain't worried about nobody talking about, I'm not worried about being attached because there's probably four other ones on the line right now. Fuck you, B. I mean, oh, not, not even, see, it ain't even, you know, it's, here's the thing. Here's what all my friends, they be getting on me about this shit. They be like, Key, bro, you need to have grace for people. I'm like, why? Because here's the oh, thing. God. No, I'm serious about this. I I need to hear this part. As soon as I tell you that I'm into you, I can exit just as soon. There's certain things that I don't have grace for because I don't tolerate. If it's something, if if the minute that I know that you are presenting something in which I does not sit well with me and is not conducive to the lifestyle in which I want to lead in my intimate relationships, I will exit. And it ain't even got to be exit where there's beef or where it got to be ghosting or where we ain't talking. It'd be like, you know what? This is not a space that I continue, that I want to continue to engage. And I will do it the moment that I see it. But in a lot of my friends are like, oh, you got to have grace. You got to allow people to be people. No, I, I allow people to be people, whether or not they can be people and share space with me are not one and the same. And so I say that to say like my dating life to most people, some people, it looks like Damn, can you always going on dates with people and shit? You always just like, like, what the fuck? And I'm a Capricorn, but they're like, what the fuck? You always going on dates with people. And I am because I'm not going to settle. And so I feel like there's a line because people are like, you need to have grace. I'm like, no, what you're asking me to do is settle. And I'm not going to do that. 
That's what you're asking fine me. Fine line to between do. grace and settling. It's a fine line between grace and settling. And that's what you're asking me to do. And it ain't like it's big shit. It ain't like it's big shit. Again, that chasing aspect, that's a thing of mine. If I feel like I got to chase you, I don't want it. You ain't finna <laughs> talk to me. You ain't finna talk to me. Kind of way. Huh? You ain't getting chased by Key in these shows. Yeah, no, 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 no. And 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 I had listen, let me tell you something. I had a young lady <laughs> that was here. Best sex I ever had in my life, Floyd. She like your mind. <laughs> blew it. Do you hear me? Um, but there were a lot of other aspects about her. Like the energy exchange is something that I've never experienced before in my life. Right. But as much as I didn't want to, what it came down to was I am chasing you. I am certain about what it is I want here. You do not know. So there was a disconnect. And I'm not going to convince you that I am worthy to to share space with you, like I said. So I ended up having to, to let this space go as hard as it may be. But that's what I mean. Choosing yourself oftentimes looks like you're being selfish or you're not having grace. But in essence, choosing yourself means that you are unwilling to settle for anything less than what you say and what you know you are worth. Ooh, so it's a word. It's a and, that's, and, that's just, and that's just how it is. So why, why do I date so frequently? Because I ain't out here giving second, third, fourth, fifth, six, seven, eight chances. Like I'm not. It's just when I know it ain't for me, it ain't for me. But and you also come from somebody that's been in a marriage too, because you know we live in the age of this. Why y'all single now? This why y'all. Everybody has a, a dissertation about why somebody's single that ain't never even mm-hmm. been in a committed relationship, right? That have ever been married, telling folks why they ain't been married. So mm-hmm. with you, you got that under your belt, yeah, to know what it is and how to fuck it up and all of that stuff. So I mean, it makes sense that you would be more intentional. Yeah, I'm very intentional with my time and space and, and all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and again, I feel like, you know, it, we still ended in divorce, but we we had, for the most part, a marriage that was full of mutual respect. Again, like I said, remember, we, it wasn't a house that was cursing, arguing. Yeah, we had none of that. First argument we ever had, like I said, was the day she asked for a divorce and we still wasn't cussing and yelling. You know? Still so, wasn't cussing and yelling. <laughs> y'all handled y'all shit better than most nah, celebrities did. We, did. we didn't talk to each other like that. We didn't talk to each other like that at all. If, if there was an issue or there's somebody felt some type of way, we had a mutual respect for each other. We would sit down and talk to each other. There's a thousand words in, 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 the, in the dictionary where you don't have to curse at me. I don't have to curse at you. We can sit down and have a conversation like two. We ain't got to agree for the conversation yeah. in the conversations because the object is not for us to agree with each other's position. It's to hear each other's position, listen to each other's position and figure out how we want to move forward with those differing, differing or same positions as a unit. That's the goal. It ain't who's right, who's wrong. It's how do we sit down to where we can meet a common ground and a decision on how we are going to move forward while honoring our individual perspectives. That's the goal. Right. And how so like- this, How much of this have you put into your poetry? Cause you still spitting out here. Yeah, not a lot. So, so not a lot, believe it or not. So like I went through, cause you know, on my IG, y'all go follow me at your emotional poet. So like on my IG, cause you know, I was dropping poetry like real frequently and then I stopped for like a you minute. Did. Yeah. So it's like, sometimes it's really hard for me to get into that element to where I can say all of these things in a concise manner. 
in in like in a poem. So sometimes I struggle with that because writing poetry is I have to put myself in that emotional space to experience again, experience it again. And sometimes like because I'm not that person anymore, it's hard for me to go back there. Like I can't, and it's not even hard, like I don't want to go back there. It's like I emotionally, I just can't because I'm not that person anymore and I'm healed from that. So I don't feel the same emotion to be able to sit down and scribe my way through it, if you will. I think that, and I think what's so crazy about you mentioning that, because a lot of people say that like, you know, pain, you know, sometimes art rises from pain or whatever. And a lot of, you know, songwriters and rappers, a lot of that, they speak about their lives. But I wonder, is that why so many people do so many creatives battle depression that put their lives and their experiences into their art because you reliving it? Because Summer Walker did a concert last month mm -hmm. and she didn't want to sing some of the new songs off Still Over It. And she did a post basically saying like, y'all, I got, I, it wasn't that long ago, long ago that I gave birth. Like I'm still, some of that mm -hmm. shit still hurt to sing. Mm -hmm. It was mad, like, well, bitch, then why is you on stage then? Like, she, some of them songs were a trigger right. for her. But so here's the thing, like, artists are humans first, you know? And for example, and I know, for, and it, it's different for every artist, but, you know, artists put a lot of emotion into their craft. They really do. Because it's, it's, it's a form of expression. So, for example, when I'm performing a piece, the purpose of it is... I want you through the delivery, I need you to experience what I experienced while I was writing this, you know what I'm saying? Or while I was going through it or whatever the case may be. So as a true artist and a true performance or a true performer, you have to put yourself into certain mental spaces in order to deliver it with the energy and the mindset and the attention that that you want to deliver it in that's just a that's just how it works when when you when you're an artist you got to get lost in whatever your art is and part of that process of being lost is experiencing whatever emotions that are coming from that and so yeah that's, that's real I can even look at some episodes. Like I said, that episode in particular, that one in the fourth trimester, the fourth trimester, and I've said this before, but I've only said it in my stories. That shit put me in a dark place. Yeah, yeah. I was not, it was a two part. I was not prepared because I was like, dang, this is some trauma that I didn't realize mm -hmm. I still ain't dealt with. And hearing other women share their stories who are like experts and, you know, right. birth workers, you can open up in whatever it is you create and not realize, ooh, I got to go deal with me real quick. Like, that's yep. I don't think people appreciate or recognize or respect how much goes into people that use their personal lives and experiences um, as yeah. expression. That's real because, and even if you write something one time or I perform a piece one time, when I perform it again, there could be an entirely different emotion that comes up. Something that I didn't yeah. even realize that comes up. They have to deal with, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's reliving, it's reliving moments, reliving moments over and over and over again. So, so just Which is why when somebody talking about their marriage or their relationship, y'all need to calm the fuck down on y'all memes and shit because they sharing a piece of themselves with you. Y'all like, why are you letting folks in? Cause somebody is probably getting their liberation off that information. You know, I wish that, that oh Lord, uh, uh, us in, in, in our, in our culture and what happens in the house should stay in the house. That needs to go the fuck away. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's hurting people. So then when somebody does do it, y'all burn them at the stake for doing what we were always taught not to not do. to do. And people don't understand there's freedom in actually doing it. 
you know, and actually being able to, to be vulnerable. There's power and vulnerability, but we are taught that being vulnerable is, is, is a negative thing when that's not necessarily the case. Vulnerability is freedom. Not only are you making negative, Mm because when you're vulnerable, you get attacked for being vulnerable because how do you attack somebody? I never understood this. How do you attack somebody else Mm -hmm. for what you deem to be oversharing? Make that make sense. Because they are imputing their own voids with self onto somebody else. And it's just that simple. Talk to her. That's it. That's it. Because if you cool and content with who you are, and you dealing or have dealt with all of your shit, what somebody else does or doesn't do doesn't bother you. Period. It shouldn't. You can stay in your lane. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You can stay in your lane. You can stay in your lane at that point. You You know? uh, Shut the fuck up. Right. It's it's, it's a, well, okay. It it works for them. Cool. And that's that. And you, you know, you can go, you go about your business with that. But you know, I most, in my opinion, most of the people that have these strong opinions um, about people being vulnerable with their sharing, et cetera, and stuff like that, like there's usually some projection of some sort that is happening there. Um, and and it doesn't have to be projection in the form of jealousy. That's not the only form of projection that, that it could be. There's some type of projection that's happening there that needs to be that needs to be dealt with, um, dealt with accordingly. And so, yeah. It sounds like a, a some, y'all really just need to be minding your mission. Mm, that part. <laughs> minding your struggle. Minding your own, mind your own struggle. Mind your mind own you. struggle. That's it. Mind your insecurities. Mind your Ooh, mind, mind your insecurity. That's the one too. Mind your insecurities. That is that we we didn't we didn't hit like four five good points for some episodes. Like boom boom boom. You come. mind your escapism. I mean, just, that's it. Mind it. Yeah. Just my whatever yeah. it is. Mind it. <laughs> and if you choose not to mind it repeatedly right. after being warned to mind it after understanding you should mind it, guys, right or wrong, there could be consequences. Right, and, and, as as we have we have just now seen. Um, there so. could be consequences and then you can't yeah. villainize people for the consequences of mm-hmm. your behavior yes we all have choices but every action has a reaction mm-hmm. please understand that if you keep playing with people and getting in folks business you just might have to fuck around and find out so I want to thank y'all for joining today y'all know Key Key got a couch here Key, Key got the resident bag hey I'm in here I'm in here I'm in here y'all y'all listen to all this please 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 uh, IG is the best way to find me. Uh, it's at your emotional poet. Uh, I'm sure that when you drop this, you'll put that information in there too. Uh, got some poetry on their page, so y'all can go check it out, like, comment, share, do what you're gonna do. Uh, but yeah, thank you for having me. You know, I'm always down to have a good conversation with the podcast fam. You know that. You know that. Yeah. Hey, you know that. I always down to have a good conversation with the podcast fam. So yes, people, y'all, we still in a pandemic. Y'all know what it is. Wear your mask, wash your hands, socially distance. And when you get a free moment, please remember to clean out your damn dirty bag. Till next time. Darling, there's only one God. Well, darling, there's only one God.